Chapter thirty two of the Ordeal of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Natalie Paula. Chapter thirty two of the Ordeal of Elizabeth by Anonymous. There is an old prison well in the heart of the city, which presents a grim medieval front to the busy world outside. Elizabeth knew that it existed, but had never seen it. She did not know even where it was, till she found herself condemned to spend eight months within its walls. This was after the inquest, when the evidence had gone as she had seen herself very much against her. It was a curious feeling, this bewildered perception of a net closing around her, whose meshes she had woven herself. The verdict of the jury was hardly a surprise, and then they broke it to her gently, the fact that bail was refused, and they brought her across the bridge of sighs, the name which gave her an odd little thrill, into the prison. The inmates of the tombs are mostly of the lowest class. Such a prisoner as Miss Van Vorst was disconcerting to the wardens and matrons alike. The situation was unprecedented. They hardly knew how to deal with it. Elizabeth was placed in one of the ordinary cells. No other, indeed, was to be had. It was small and dark, and had for furniture a cot bed, a faucet set in the wall, and one cane chair light and air which there was of either came in through the corridor above and below the iron grating which barred the doorway there was no window elizabeth to whom an abundance of light and air had been one of the necessities of life who had a passion for space and luxury for fresh dainty surroundings looked about her in blank dismay yet she said nothing from the first she seemed to school herself to a silent stoicism which her friends call courage and her enemies insensibility and which may have been a combination of both the last two months had been crowded with so many startling events so intense conflicting a tumult of thought and emotion that her capacity for acute suffering was for the moment exhausted yet the mere physical horror that the cell inspired her with was very great the first time that the key was turned upon her and she was left entirely alone with the twilight coming on and no power to free herself nothing to do but wait for the matron's return she felt as she had felt once when for some childish offence she had been locked into a dark closet now as then she threw herself against the door trying with fierce unreasoning efforts to force the lock uttering hoarse cries for help then the door had been quickly opened her aunts had let her out with remorseful tears and the experiment had never been repeated now no help came to her and she was left to adapt herself to the situation as best she might the struggle left deep marks on her young face a look in her eyes which they never afterwards lost there were many ways in which the prison routine was softened in her favour social distinctions count as mrs bobby had said with every one and everywhere money is powerful even in the tombs the warden and the other officials reaped in those days a harvest of gold coins from mrs bobby a more comfortable bed a hand mirror all sorts of forbidden luxuries found their way into elizabeth's cell neither warden nor matron apparently recognised their existence she was permitted to receive her visitors alone to have a light in her cell after dark to walk for an hour a day in the corridor or the court at these times she would see the other women her fellow prisoners huddled together in an abject group and feeling thankful at least that she was not obliged to mingle with them her meals were served to her in her cell and she could order what she wanted her friends sent her constantly an abundance of fruit and flowers the people who came to see her and there were many of them used to go away wondering at her calmness they went prepared for tragedy 
and elizabeth received them as she might in her own drawing-room they noticed no change in her except that her head had never been held so proudly and she never looked so pale but there were no confidences no tears no consciousness apparently of the extraordinary state of things even to her aunts even to eleanor van antwerp she maintained this attitude of proud reserve they could only guess at the thoughts which lay beneath it there were times indeed when she did not think when her brain would seem dazed in those days she would read eagerly all the books that people brought her read them through from beginning to end but she never had any idea of what they were about there was one form of reading which no one suggested which she did not apparently think of herself no one brought her a newspaper and she never asked to see one perhaps she did not realize how much her case was discussed perhaps she realized it only too well her aunts were thankful for her lack of curiosity they could not themselves open a paper or enter a street-cart without agony of dread as to what they might see or hear for the yellow journals of course they were exploiting the affair it was mrs bobby's opinion indeed that it had been started originally on, on their account for the enlivenment of a dull season this may or may not be true but certainly they made the most of it they published elizabeth's picture and long accounts of her conquests there were pictures too of her grandmother that stately beauty whose frame was traditional and of old van vorst who had held important offices and served city and state with credit in colonial and revolutionary times then by contrast there were accounts of her mother's past and her mother's kindred through several generations of moral and social disrepute the neighborhood was often overrun by disguised reporters who made copious notes of local items and took photographs of the van vorst homestead of the village of bassett mills and even of the church thereby causing the rector's wife nervous spasms in her anxiety lest any of elizabeth's moral perversions should be laid to the account of the religious teaching that she had received bassett mills was all a flutter in its excitement over this gratuitous advertisement but in the neighborhood the staid aristocratic old neighborhood there was a feeling of humiliation a presentiment that could never recover from the disgrace of such notoriety and yet in spite of all the discredit what a subject for conversation in the neighborhood as well as bassett mills nothing else was talked of at the various tea-parties of which so many had never been given before people who had guests took them over on sunday afternoons to the homestead and wandered about the grounds relating the family history while strangers stared with interest at the old house and the horseshoe on the door there was a dreary look about the place for the misses van vorst were not coming back that summer and the old gardener left in charge had not the heart under the circumstances to keep it in order grass grew in the gravel walks the flowers in the garden hung their heads the foliage was sadly in need of clipping a shadow seemed to brood over the house and grounds as in the day of old madame vorst in town where there were more things to talk about the great poisoning case still took precedence of all other subjects and society was divided on account of it into warring camps there were those a very large number who followed mrs harrington's lead and spoke of elizabeth as a sort of adventuress who had thrust herself into circles which she had no right to enter a party which disowned her entirely believed implicitly in her guilt but there was another party smaller perhaps but not less influential which took uncompromising the opposite side the people who composed it were friends many of them of mrs van antwerp and there were others who had cared for elizabeth for her own sake and again others to whom the romantic facts of the case appealed irresistibly inducing them to espouse her case regardless of reason these all spoke of her as a suffering martyr and regarded her imprisonment as an outrage they did not discuss the evidence 
but met all doubts with the one unanswerable argument of their own intuitions but the first side had in point of logic so much the best of it this conviction intruded itself reluctantly on eleanor van antwerp's mind as she looked up from the exhaustive summary of the case for the prosecution the article presented in clear remorseless details all the links in that terrible chain of evidence her hasty marriage and then her repentance her efforts to buy off her husband the trouble she had to supply him with money her evident fear of his betraying her to gerard her refusal to name her wedding-day till she had in sheer desperation decided on the murder then when the thing was at last accomplished her sudden remorse her strange actions the rumour that she had in the first excitement confessed her guilt before witnesses the description too of the woman who had brought the flask which fitted elizabeth exactly in height colouring and general appearance the resemblances which the experts were said to have discovered between her letters and the handwriting on the package never was chain more strongly forged and what the article further demanded had her friends to offer in rebuttal to but her social position her youth and her beauty it's not much certainly mrs bobby's anxiety admitted and yet a good deal too her aristocratic instincts involuntarily responded and will have their weight with the jury her cynicism added but then again despair overwhelmed her and she put the unavailing question bobby is there do you think there is any hope bobby stared back at her his face hardly less white than hers god only knows eleanor if she were just a man or even an ordinary woman i should say no but for a young girl there's always a chance let her he dropped his hand on the table beside him with a deep sigh let her look as pretty as she can it seems to me about the only hope she won't look pretty his wife returned with a little sob she is just a shadow of her old self if she stays in that place much longer i believe it will kill her bobby she cried with a sudden burst of indignation staring up at him with tragic eyes if that child dies there it will be murder and yet you say the law is just bobby had said so much in the last few weeks in perfunctionary defence of the law that he was weary of the subject and so he attempted no further protestations but watched his wife sadly as she walked impatiently to and fro a slight childlike creature her cheeks flushed her eyes brilliant with impotent anger dashing herself as if it were against impenetrable barriers only once before in her life had eleanor van antwerp been confronted with an obstacle that did not yield to her wishes that was when the baby died and she had resigned herself to what she believed to be divine providence but this seemed mere human stupidity if only men were not so logical she exclaimed despairingly women if they intended to get her off would do it no matter what the evidence was but men they are so bound hand and foot by their sense of justice the respect for law and heaven knows what that they are quite capable even if they believe her innocent of finding her guilty just because the evidence was against her well that's what they're supposed to do bobby put in depreciatingly they've got to abide by the evidence it was the twentieth time that he had made this explanation and for the twentieth time she brushed it aside what does it matter she demanded about the evidence when anyone with common sense must know the girl is innocent but i see how it is bobby she went on her lip quivering you don't really believe in her the way i do you have doubts at the bottom of your heart you have doubts tell me the truth and i will try to forgive you haven't you she stopped before him her dark eyes fastened upon his seemed to read his soul but he answered steadily eleanor upon my honour i believe in that child's innocence as you do i'd give anything in the world to get her off 
yes and i would he added to himself for your sake if she had committed twenty murders she drew a long sigh of relief oh bobby you are nice she said gratefully you've been very good to me all this time never once saying i told you so when the whole thing has been all my fault for not taking your advice your fault you poor child how do you make that out if i had never asked elizabeth to stop with me she said tremulously all this wouldn't have happened you warned me don't you remember and you were right i've come to the conclusion bobby that you generally are right and i wrong her tone of submission was as edifying as it was surprising but bobby with unwonted quickness cut it short nonsense he said almost roughly you were right in that case as you generally are and i was wrong and no harm would have come of it if elizabeth well i don't want to hit people when they're down he said apologetically but if she had only been frank with us from the first all this wouldn't have happened my dear this in response to a reproachful look from his wife i don't mean to be hard on her i can't hear you blame yourself for what has been poor elizabeth's own fault helped out by a most extraordinary train of circumstances she was to blame certainly faltered his wife reluctantly but i can understand i believe i should have done the same in her place no eleanor said bobby briefly with some sternness you would not it's true she admitted i don't think i could keep a secret if i tried but then neither apparently could elizabeth to the bitter end that is one thing i can't understand she went on why don't any of you attach more importance to the fact that she told julian herself because said bobby slowly we have only her own word that she did so but her aunts began mrs bobby they can't know what passed between them what people think is that he discovered the marriage and charged her with it it seems improbable that after deceiving him so long that she should suddenly repent and of course he would shield her as far as possible so his version goes for nothing all the same i should like to hear it said mrs bobby decidedly if i were mr fenton i would summon him at once as a witness mr fenton was the counsel for the defence why fenton thought of it said bobby he spoke about it to elizabeth and she cried out oh not he not he of all people in such a way that he well he thought he'd better not send for him fear of discovering something that would go very much against us it did look badly you know that she should dread gerard's evidence so mrs bobby's reply was unexpected is mr fenton considered a clever lawyer dear she asked the best money can get said bobby somewhat taken aback but why eleanor oh well i hope he knows more about law than he does about women that's all now i say send for julian at once well you know eleanor i can't help thinking that if he knew of any evidence in her favour he'd have turned up of his own accord before this it looks badly i think his staying away as if he were afraid of being questioned if he came mrs bobby sat for a moment reflecting deeply her brows knit i don't believe she said suddenly that he knows a thing about it where is he do you know someone saw him ages ago in london said bobby goodness knows where he is now but in all events he must have heard i doubt it it happened you know while he was on the ocean and by the time he had landed the first excitement was over and there was nothing about it in the papers for a long time so that even if he bought an american paper he might not see anything about it and the foreign ones of course would have nothing you know how little interest they take in us over there oh it might easily happen strange as it seems that he has heard nothing but why is it do you think said bobby that elizabeth doesn't want him here 
my dear bobby how dull men are of course she doesn't want to call upon him at a time like this she's too proud but nothing will prevent him if i know him rightly from coming at once if there's anything he can do to help her well if you think it's any good i'll send a detective after him said bobby with the composure of one to whom money is no object End of chapter 32